Don't forget, we have OSU Hoops tonight here on the Blitz, 1170. Pre-game coverage beginning at 7 o'clock. Tip-off at 8 from Gallagher-Iba Arena. Oklahoma State hosting the number three Kansas Jayhawks. And you can hear it right here on your home for Cowboy Hoops in Tulsa, the Blitz 1170. I'm Colby Daniels, along with Jeremy Poplin and Scott File in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio. And it is time for this week's edition of Fact or Fiction. I guess that's where I probably should have played the little fact or fiction thing. So the, the little jingle. Apologize. I didn't know we had one. Uh, it's very uh, it's very light on there. It's just a big voice guy saying fact or fiction. As a matter of fact, if you'd like to hear it, I can play that now for you, if you like. <laughs> fact or fiction. What's a fact and what's fiction? In our humble opinion, of course. It's fact or fiction. On the Blitz 1170. Nothing humble about it, my friends. Nothing humble about it. All right, who wants to kick it off this week? I'll start. The Buffalo Bills have anointed themselves as the favorites in the AFC with how they have turned things around. Fact or fiction? Fact. I think they are the team to beat. They get Kansas City on their home field. I also believe the winner of that game is going to go to the Super Bowl from the AFC anyway. But getting that game on your home field is obviously enormous. And I kind of feel like the Chiefs were sandbagging us at times during the regular season. But regardless... <laughs> like the Warriors used to? Yes, yes. That's I, I, I remember I said that at one point early in the season. Yeah. We had a conversation about that, but... The Bills have just found something, I think, what, the final, what was it, six or seven weeks of the regular season, and they've just playing, been playing at such a consistent level that, you know, they're in the groove as opposed to having to just flip the switch and go into it immediately. So, yeah, I think they're the favorite. I'll say fiction because I'm not convinced that the back end of that defense is good enough for when they're stressed to a particular limit here in the playoffs. And I, I don't know if it's going to be Kansas City to do that, uh, or maybe it's C.J. Stroud after the Texans pulled the upset over the Ravens this weekend. That's my official pick, is uh, beating the Ravens. Mainly because I don't want to see the Ravens in the Super Bowl if the Niners make it that far. Let me, let me just say that. Uh, but... Uh, I don't know if they are or not, and as much as I am not the biggest fan of Kansas City, uh, to be the man, you got to beat the man, and no one so far has beaten the man yet, said Ric Flair. Uh, so I'll go fiction they're not, but boy, they're getting closer, at least in my opinion. Scott? I'll say fiction, but I say they're number two. I say you still have the mental hurdle. Yes, you finally get the Chiefs at home. But you still have that mental hurdle of beating them. Now, granted, it, it is at home, and that helps. And if you take care of business this weekend, and if the Ravens take care of business this weekend, you're going to have to go on the road in the AFC Championship game. I think if you were playing that game in Buffalo, I think that'd be a huge check mark in your favor. But I think with you know having to go through the mental hurdle of beating the finally beating the Chiefs, and then going on the road, possibly, I think. They're red hot at the right time. I think I put them two slightly behind the Ravens. 
All right, who's next? What do you got, Scott? All right, I'm going to stay in the NFL, and I'm going to maybe this might be a homer statement, but I'll go with it anyway. The Packers are legitimate Super Bowl contenders. Fact or fiction? I will stick with my original thought when when we did this. I guess it was last week or the week before about NFC contenders. I said there was only one, and it's San Francisco. So I'll say fiction today. San Francisco is the only contender in the NFC, and I guess the Packers have the opportunity to prove me wrong, but I just think San Francisco is so much better than everybody else in the NFC. I'll go fact. I think that they are considering the last 11 weeks that we've seen out of Jordan Love. The fact that their offense ranks number two only behind the 49ers in EPA. And that's it. And third place, by the way, is not even really close. It's the Niners and the Packers since week eight in the NFL. And the Niners made their turnaround almost at the exact same time that the Packers did. Green Bay lost to Minnesota while San Francisco lost to the Bengals. Losing three games and then after that kind of kicked it into high gear offensively uh, from that point forward. I, I think what... Jordan Love has been able to accomplish with their young receivers. The fact that they get Aaron Jones back, Green Bay ranks number two um, in uh, the pass block win rate, which measures how long offensive lines hold their blocks for at least two and a half seconds, which is going to be big throughout the course of the rest of the playoffs. They've had a pretty good offensive line for the last couple of years, and typically the winner of this game when they match up, and no one has met more than these two in the playoffs, the winner has been who has dominated the offense and defensive line in particular in this game. Green Bay beat the 49ers defensive lines in 20 and 21 regular seasons. Then the Niners got back in the divisional round at Lambeau. D-line was weaker in 2019, but the Niners were able to have a pretty good performance, and they were able to smother Green Bay there in the weather conditions. Um, but man, I, I, I think the Packers are onto something and I th- not going to say that they're going to be a significant problem moving forward. Cause I still, I think progression through teams, the Packers are going to be interesting to keep an eye on next year. And then the following year is when you're like, Oh buddy, they could really kick it into high gear when these guys get even a little bit more seat time underneath them. So, but I still think that they, they, they're dangerous. So yes, I will say fact. I'm going to say fact. I know people are going to call me a homer. Homer! Yeah, yeah. But, you know. Says this while he's wearing his cheese head. Yeah, and I got my little cheese koozie with me. But, like the Bills, the Packers are red hot at the right time. Aaron Jones is red hot. He's healthy because, well, he missed practically half the season. So he's healthy right now. We saw how dominant he was in Dallas. And this team is united. There's no, there was always that tension especially as you got deeper in the playoffs with Rodgers. There was just, it was kind of hard to explain, but there was always just a little bit of tension between Rodgers and the team. I, you feel like this locker room is so united. And you look back at the last time the Packers won the Super Bowl, the road that they took then and the road that they're on now is so eerily similar. They started that season on the road at an NFC East team. Back then it was the Eagles. Of course, this year it's the Cowboys. 
Now they're on the road at the number one seed. Then they were on the road at Atlanta and dominated them in Atlanta. And then they played the NFC Championship game against the NFC North champion, who were the Bears at the time. And it looks like, you know, if the Packers somehow pull off the huge upset this weekend and if the Lions take care of business, you've got the NFC North champion on the road. It's just, it's kind of so eerily similar, but I still say, and call me a homer, but I still say they're legitimate contenders right now. Oh, you're a homer. But that's okay. That's allowed. <laughs> that's uh, That's absolutely allowed for sure. Colby, what do you got? All right, I've been asked this several times since the end of the, the Cowboys game. If the Cowboys were to fire Mike McCarthy, <laughs> who would I want to coach the Cowboys? Okay. So I've given a, a number of, of names to people, including Brable, Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. Bill Belichick. Okay. Pete Carroll. Yep. That's the short list. All right. Fact or fiction, if offered the job... One of those guys would say yes. Okay, so you said Vrabel, Belichick, and Pete Carroll, correct? And Jim Harbaugh. And Jim Harbaugh. If offered the job, Ooh. one of those guys would say yes. I'd say fiction because of Jerry Jones. I I just don't remember Jim Harbaugh told Jed York... Sorry, right. this right. meeting is off limits because this meeting is for men only. <laughs> His family owns the team. He's the CEO of the San Francisco 49ers. He's the president of the freaking company. And Jim Harbaugh told him, a little weasel that Jed York is, <laughs> hey, this meeting is for men only. And by the way, he did that in front of the entire football team. He didn't do that one-on-one. He... Dress Jed York down in front of everyone. And you expect that mentality now? That's 20, what, 14? That's in a different era of Jim Harbaugh. But the mentality is still the same. Now you crank up what Jed York is doing, and it looks like that Jed York is going to kindergarten compared to what Jerry Jones does on a weekly basis. I just don't know if those two could coexist. And to Dusty's point yesterday, if there is someone that has a Parcells-type mentality, it would be Belichick to tell Jerry to back off. But, dude, you really think that Jerry Jones is going to relinquish anything? Parcells got worn down, too. Mm -hmm. Belichick's old. Do you think Belichick has to deal with any of this? No, not at all. They're not going to let Bill Belichick buy the groceries and make the meal at the same time in Dallas. Vrabel doesn't seem like a very good fit either from a personality standpoint. I would think it would be more someone like the uh, Bobby Slowick, like the Texans OC who everyone's in love with, who has helped establish multiple quarterbacks in the league. The Seahawks asked him for an interview today, uh, permission to interview him. I, I think it needs to come from someone that doesn't have as much uh, salt in the game, so to speak, to have to put up with Jerry. So I'll just say faction or fiction or faction. Judging from judging by the way the question was phrased, would they accept it? I would say fact. I think if you asked those candidates, I think somebody would take it. Now, would it work? I don't think it would with any of those candidates for all the reasons that Pop mentioned. But I think if you asked those individuals, I think one of them would take the job. 
Do you know what's... I, I will say fact, and it's only because I think there's a chance on one. I there There is no world where I see Bill Belichick accepting that job. Just because I don't think he wants to deal with that headache. Vrabel is cut from the same cloth, right? I don't think Vrabel wants to deal with that. And to your point, you just spelled it out with Harbaugh. I don't think Harbaugh wants to deal with that. I could see a scenario where Pete Carroll not only could do that, but also might embrace coaching a brand that big just in general. But of those four, that would be the only one that I, I legitimately think, if offered the job, might take it. Uh, do you know what's wild? If you were to go two years ago and this scenario played out two years prior, do you know whose name might have been at the top of the list to replace Mike McCarthy? Lincoln Riley. Lincoln freaking Riley. How much was his name even whispered when Mike McCarthy was getting the job? A lot. A lot. And I was one of those people because I was so disgusted with Jason Garrett and Kellen Moore's offenses that when you looked at their offensive firepower and what Lincoln was doing at OU, I was like, that, yes, major upgrade offensively. Yeah, to be fair, though, I mean, Jason Garrett's offense would make you openly opine for Hugh Jackson's offense at times yeah. <laughs> with as bad as it was. Yeah. But yeah, Lincoln Riley would have been in this mix if it had been two years prior. That's right. And might have been candidate one. Bill Belichick be damned. So good stuff today on Factor Fiction. Uh, one more real quick. Thunder are currently a game outside of first place in the Western Conference. Fact or fiction, the Thunder will have a one, two, or three seed this postseason. Scott, go first. I'm going to say fact. Uh, Shea has just been playing otherworldly. Um, I just saw the latest updated MVP odds. He was second behind Jokic. Um, I think they're just playing so well right now. I see them getting a top three seed. Um, just to play devil's advocate, I'll say no. Uh, right now, it's been pretty much the Nuggets, Thunder, and Timberwolves. The Nuggets have kind of, they've gone seven and three over their last 10. So they're really on a hot streak here. By the way, the Clippers too are coming on strong as well. Uh, but if you just look overall at the standings, it's the Timberwolves. Then the Thunder and Nuggets a game back. The Clippers are three games back at four, and then it falls to the Kings at five. Um, I mean, we're we're keeping of the same opinion that the team is going to be 100% healthy the entire way through and not have those moments of injuries. And quite frankly, this team has had some injury issues by the time we get to the end of the year. I just think it's too close between one, two, three, and four to just guarantee they'll be top three. More than likely, yes, but just to be different, I'll say no, they'll fall into the four. I'll go fact. I think they get one of those. But to your point, I will say this. They're a young team. And generally, young teams are able to pile up wins early in the season when a lot of veteran teams aren't playing at a very high level purposefully, right? I mean, I think when the cha- when the calendar changes, it, it shifts gears. And then after the All-Star break, it'll shift gears again. So a lot of teams, like you mentioned the Clippers, that's a team full of veterans, right? 
I, you're going to see a lot of these teams that have veterans start to play better basketball uh, as as the season closes. So maybe maybe it tightens up, but I still think the Thunder have enough. So, but they're still going to obliterate everyone talking about oh, you know, only a minimal minimal yeah. upgrade in in yeah, terms of wins ridiculous. this year. Yeah, that was totally ridiculous. As I raise my hand. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. You did. I that, just brought you? it up because someone had written an article about it. Yeah. All right. Let's take a timeout. I'm Colby Daniels. That is Jeremy Poplin and Scott File in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio. Pop has the reins next here on the Blitz 1170. And as always, we are streaming on the Blitz 1170 app.